0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Last year in Kansas City, we had 150 homicides. About 40% of those cases in Kansas City remain unsolved. Many of them are considered cold.
1: You don't have that right and you took somebody away from nine kids. Each victim has a unique story in
0: life and death with friends, family, detectives, and prosecutors all fighting
2: for justice. Every little bit will help us.
0: We are joining the case to get answers. This is Fox 4 Problem Solvers Crime Files, the podcast. I'm Kara Small. March is a strange month in Kansas City. It's not always winter, but it's definitely not spring. One day, it may be 60 degrees and sunny with the promise of warmer weather. The next, a swirling snowstorm packing the power of winter. And it was the transitioning of the seasons that held a grip on Kansas City in March of 2014. 32-year-old David Krantz found himself in his own kind of transition. He'd had a rough past at least since his brother was killed 14 years earlier. But in 2014, David's mother, Connie, thought the future looked a little better for the entire family.
1: Just the last couple years, it was—it just seemed like everybody got a tighter grip on everything, you know. He was home a lot more. In fact, the night
0: before David's murder, he spent the night, at least most of it, at his mom's house. At some point overnight, an acquaintance, Connie didn't call him a friend, picked David up from the home. They hung out or did what they did for hours waiting for the sun to rise. At some point, David and several other people ended up in Kansas City's historic northeast in the middle of a neighborhood, one that he didn't live in. He did know people in that area, but David's family, as well as Kansas City, Missouri police detectives, say that even after four years, they don't know exactly what David was doing in that area on that cold March day. Then in the middle of the morning, around 10.30 a.m. on Wednesday, March 5th, police received a call about a shooting, David's shooting. Here's Detective Ryan Taylor.
2: From what we understand with interviewing witnesses, um he was walking down the street and a vehicle drove by and shot him we were given that a silver monte carlo was seen leaving the area high radius at a high rate of speed after uh, the shots were fired
0: after the shooting david did what he could to get help he either moved through an alley in several backyards to try and get away from danger or walked to the nearest corner turned it and kept moving until he collapsed in the middle of the next block. He was still alive when police and the ambulance arrived. David's mother Connie also got a call that morning but it wasn't from police
1: at least not right after the shooting. I got a phone call that morning he was walking I just I thought maybe he was saying calling me to come pick him up because I would have me or my husband either one would have went and got him and took him back home Um, but I think it was more like a butt dial or a pocket dial or something because nothing was ever said. You know, and then we got the phone call. My daughter called me and a, uh, a guy that is related to my granddaughters called her and had been a friend of David's for years, said David had been shot.
0: So after hearing third hand that someone had shot her son, Connie rushed to pick up her daughter and drive to the hospital. She says a nurse called her on the way. Connie and her daughter didn't make it to the hospital in time. A doctor later told them David was conscious when he arrived at the hospital, but died while in surgery. David's family says he was a good kid growing up in the Kansas City area. They all have some great memories of him, especially his mother, Connie. Spoiled.
1: (laughs) Rotten. He was the baby. He was a good kid growing up. He liked school. All of his friends, they used to always tease him because anything that happened... David would always say, call my mama, call my mom, call my mom. They say, David, how come you always call your mom? You know, and because my mom's always there, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> you know, my mom is the person that's always here. You know, she's the person that's always gonna come.
0: David had friends, good ones, who spent time hanging out at Connie's house. They laugh and tell jokes. They love to wrestle and make fun of David's
1: stepdad. He was close to his siblings. Family was important to David. Um, maybe because it was important to me. I don't know. But we were always all together, you know, all of us. And for me, that was a good thing.
0: But just like any other family, David's brother and sister had their moments, according to their mother. They fought, but
1: they were the best of friends. I mean, they, they would have done anything for each other. If David was part of your life, David was part of your life.
0: As the kids grew older, they became interested in other things, including a hobby their mother and stepfather enjoyed,
1: shooting pool. And David became good at it. We had a pool table in our living room. Um, They shot pool with their stepdad all the time. He just got into playing a lot in tournaments, and and him and my husband used to go to a lot of tournaments together. Um, So it was time that they got to spend together. He just liked to win. Wasn't much into the trick shots, you know, or anything like that. It was just learning, learning the mechanics of the game. And they played for hours, just different shots, you know, bang shots, kick shots, you know, uh, two rails better on the eight ball.
0: David was also close to his cousin, Michael. The two hung out a lot,
1: and Connie says they liked the same things. If it was one of them's birthday, they went out and each one of them got a pair of new shoes and they were just alike. That was their deal. Nike Air (laughs) Maxes. Oh, they had to have the Nike Air Maxes. the two of them together, believe me. If one had a pair, the other one had a pair. But things
0: changed when David was 18. He got into a fight with someone one night. His brother was right there, but it wasn't enough to protect him. Someone pulled a gun and started shooting. David was injured, but his brother was shot and killed. Connie says David never got
1: over it. It was David's fight. It was David's fight, so he, he felt that that was his fault. For him, it was his fault. That was, you know, he felt that if anything should happen, it should happen to him. Needless to say, he did get shot the same night by the same gun. Uh, he was just a little farther away.
0: And that's when things started going downhill for David. His family says he started doing drugs after his brother's death, but Connie says they stood by David doing everything they could.
1: David knew he had a problem. David knew he had a problem and would never say that he didn't. He had been to drug classes. He always knew he could come home. You know, there was always home and I was the kind of parent that I'm not going to give you money because I know what you're going to do with it. But if you're hungry, if you need to go to sleep, I'm going to be there. If you need to take a shower and change your clothes, I'm here, you know, and that's the way we were. He had his had his troubles. But didn't deserve what he got.
0: During that time, David also fathered nine children. Each one now wants to know what happened to their father and why he's no longer with them.
1: Exactly why the reason that this happened, I'm not for sure. But I don't think anybody has the right to take anybody else's life. No matter no matter for what reason. You're not judge and jury. You don't have that right. And you took somebody away from nine kids. Nine kids all asking
0: questions. Connie says she has one way, one thought to get her through every
1: day since David's death. Regardless of that day, however it would have happened, we would have lost him that day. You know, that's, that's the way I see things. And I have to see them that way to keep from, to keep sane and to keep from being angry and mad. So whether it would have happened this way and I got somebody to be mad at, or he'd have just fell asleep and not woke up. If it's, if it's your time, it's your time. And I don't know that any of us can change that. I just think it would have been easier if it wouldn't have happened this way. And David had high blood pressure. Sometimes we'd go high enough to be in stroke stage. So I think if he'd have just went to sleep and not woke up, it would have made things easier on everybody else. The outcome would have been the same, but the story would have been different. You know, and you wouldn't have had so many questions in without any answers.
0: Detective Taylor says they are working all clues in hopes of giving Connie and her family the answers they're waiting to hear. The historic Northeast is a working class neighborhood. So at 1030 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, you'd think there would be someone who saw something that could help.
2: People are coming and going from work. We would suspect that somebody was driving in the area, walking the area and saw uh, this incident uh, occur.
0: But Detective Taylor says the days and years are also draining for them.
2: detective's mission is to um, be a voice for those who no longer have a voice anymore. Um, We take on a heavy burden and responsibility to um, be that voice for them and and to speak for the family and to seek justice. Um, We gather the facts and sometimes um, it can can be a, tiring journey for us, but at the end of the day, it's worth it because we know that that person whose life was taken from them, they're going to have some closure. And I think that is really important for the family is that closure that we can can help bring as far as bringing someone to the justice system to answer for this.
0: Connie says while David isn't here
1: anymore, he's not forgotten. To talk about him and to talk about David, for me, is gives them all, you know, gives them the understanding and lets them know that they were loved and they were thought about and stuff like that. So if they have questions, we ask, we answer them. You know, we laugh a lot, you know, we, you know, just different things and some that every once in a while we'll come and ask, Grandma, do you know who shot my dad? I know you know. I know you know who it is and you're not telling me. You know and it's for me i'm not going to tell you something that i'm not for sure i can't do that we go on and change the subject to something else and every once in a while that question still comes back i answer it the same way to get answers for them is what i'm looking for not even answers for me
0: david's kids and the rest of his extended family know that it's going to take a lot for police to solve this case a lot of hard work and luck by police and a lot of courage by the people
1: involved. I know it's kind of hard for people to talk where you live and the surroundings that you have to live in. I totally understand that. I raised my kids, unfortunately, not to be snitches. Um, But I don't know that they would ever just kept their mouths shut if it came to somebody dying. And I know the group that David ran around with It's going to be hard to get the answers, but I'm hoping by doing this that either somebody in my age bracket or maybe something has happened to somebody over the last few years that gives them the change of heart to be able to say something because, like I said, these answers aren't for me. I got little guys I have to answer to. That's
0: what everyone investigating this case wants.
1: Crime Stoppers, I may help you.
0: All it takes is one phone call with the right truth. The one with the key tip that will lead police in the right direction. Right now, detectives believe that key clue is the owner or driver of that silver Monte Carlo, the one where the deadly shots came from. If you have any information, even if you think police might have already heard it, call the tips hotline at 816-474-TIPS. Email your tip to kccrimestoppers.com or send your tip through the Crime Stoppers app. Download it at p3tips.com. There is a $10,000 reward offered for the tip that helps solve this case. You can find other episodes of Crime Files on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as Fox4KC.com. Just search Crime Files. For Fox4 Crime Files, I'm Kara Small.